What's up, Reject fans? This is Tony the Kid. Thank y'all for joining us uh, to another episode of Chilling with Rejects Wishlist. Uh, this list is part two of what we were talking about before with the Batman. Uh, basically, you know, we did the Robert Pattinson first, Robert Pattinson verse, sorry, uh, last show. And now this one's going to be the Ben Affleck verse uh, as far as what is our wish list for the concept, actors, uh, for fan casting, what characters we want within the film, storylines we want to see depict, um, even at that movies possibly. So I think that's what we're going to be jumping into. So thank y'all for joining us and let's dive in. Say what's up, Uncle RJ. <laughs> I know, I was waiting for that. I was like, did we introduce ourselves? <laughs> yes, I'm going to introduce you. Of course, like I said, I mean, I did Tony Kid already, so my bad, my bad, my bad. Hey, 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 Reject, it's Uncle RJ. <laughs> All right, guys, so let's start the show. The Ben Affleck verse. Um, we did hear about news. Ben Affleck returning, of course, as Batman. Uh, HBO Max wants to do a series. I think like a four set. Like I'm not sure if it's an actual set of series like they would do True Detective or anything like that. Um, but could it work, peoples? They were already doing the Gotham PD series. Uh, that's just a prequel to what's going on within Gotham, kind of like Gotham uh, and Fox when they did their setup. Um, but this is going to be, you know, about Batman and him being being Batman, Ben Affleck, of course. So our opinions when it comes to what they should involve within the storyline, uh, what could work within the Ben Affleck verse? Um, main thing, the main thing, what we said from Jump Street, watching John Wick three. Adding Mark, what's his name? Where's that? I'm sorry. Mark Descascos, if I'm saying it correctly, don't beat me up. I apologize. As Kaodai Ken. Okay. Now, for Go those ahead. of you who don't know who Mark is, in John Wick 3, he's a guy who, like, he has a, all these, like, amazing, he's chasing John Wick down. Yes. And then at the end, after they fight, and John Wick finally kills him. He's still there. He's like dying. He just looks at him. He's like, "I'll catch up with you." Yeah. Don't don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. He's like, "Hey, John, <laughs> pretty good fight, huh?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, he has that cocky attitude. Oh, correct. Yes, and I think that's what made me want to see him go against Ben Affleck. Yeah. As far as him being, uh, his and, and this this character Kaodai Ken came from the anime series. He was his dojo classmate when, you know... Who killed his uh, sensei. Exactly. And I think when, when uh, what's it called? When Bruce Wayne was learning how to defend himself and going to Asia and, like, learning class... Like, going for different senseis and learning different, um, I guess you would say, styles. Yes. Karate styles or what, what have you. And this gentleman, Ken, Kaodai Ken, was very... You can already tell he was just that, you know, evil student of the group, you know... Bruce Wayne being the good one, him being the villain, and all of a sudden they have that you know interaction with each other and him knowing the best of uh, Bruce Wayne and how to get at him in a different way. And the fact that Bruce Wayne, like in the animated series, I think he admitted he can't beat him. Yeah, he just can't. So it's like, imagine Kodai Ken appearing in the series against Ben Affleck. Right. And given that mental aspect of you can't beat me, I'm a better fighter, I know you more. Ben Affleck gives me that feeling like he went to dojos, you know, yes. like his Bruce Wayne looks like he went through all these type of MMA style Correct. teachers and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly. 
So imagine Kiro can, uh, Kiro Iken is actually an MMA fighter now instead of just a regular. There you go. Their own little twist to it. Yeah. Adding a UFC aspect to it. So yeah, that'll be cool. Right? Yeah, that'll be really cool. And I think even at that, like, you know, Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne, either watching or kind of being aware of where he's at as a fighter and, you know, kind of understanding that point. So it just would always, that's, I think that's a must. I think that's what they should do for sure in the series. Him not being a main villain, of course, but being a villain within a series because every series has to have certain episodes where not necessarily stir away from the storyline or the plot of the whole series, but at least something to kind of give fans a different a different look well, and just a bit different feeling. So this could be one of those. Well, speaking about that, um, I was actually thinking, what if the series was several episodes on their own? Like there was nothing to do with one main villain throughout the whole thing that drags it, you know? But um, different episodes, it just don't really connect to each other at all. I, I would say I would agree to you on that just because of the fact of the animated series did it that as well as not knowing how long it could last i guess you would say yeah so yes that could work a little bit better and the reason why i'm saying that is because it'll be interesting to see ben affleck uh his batman interact with probably the creation of some of the characters that he he's fighting you know and then if let's say at the end of one episode he takes two face in you pretty much know Two-Face will come back after him. Or if he takes the Joker, and you pretty right. much know Joker's going to escape later on in a different episode and do something else that's crazy. Right, exactly. So, I guess within the series, you know, we talked about Joker, of course. Two-Face is going to be involved in there. We'll talk about fan casting. Um, what I feel like they sh- they're going to have the involvement of, and just because of the storylines between the Harley Quinn movie, um, they're going to need Black Mask. I think that he needs to appear... With Harley Quinn, with Jared Leto's Joker, for sure. Um, even at that, uh, Deadshot, you know, Will Smith coming back, being a hired gun. He's going to, I would say he's going to, you know, it'd be good to see him within the series being a set, you know, set and episode. Will Smith being a big Batman fan, he'll he'll jump into it. Exactly. I think it's. I think that would be great. I, I think even at then, Will Smith was already uh, advertising that. Because I, he knew he liked it that. He liked it that type of setting when his dead shot versus Ben Affleck's Batman one on one, you know, that would be what a good happen? one for the show. So I think that's would be cool. Uh even at that introduction to Nightwing, Red Robin, Batgirl, you know, slash Oracle could be some a setting in there. Deathstroke. Not, Deathstroke. That would be cool. Him involving himself in there. What's what's the guy that played him? Uh, he came on as Spider-Man as Flash Thompson. Yeah. So, you know, that guy, or well, even that Matt, uh, Magic Mike, if you guys ever seen that. I forget his name. And I know it's like, it's not even the tip of my tongue. That's the word part. You're weird. Normally I have, like, I could tell the name right away. And Joe something. Magnalia? Ooh, you might be right around that thing. Joe Magnalia. <laughs> yeah, it says Magnalia. Yeah, Joe Magnalia. There you go. Magna. Magnolia. Magnolia. Joe right. Magnolia. Right? Am I yeah. right? Jack Magnolia? So, his death stroke. Uh, taking on Bruce Wayne. Taking on Bruce Wayne. And in a good setting within the, in the series. So, yes, I would go with that. Um, Red Robin. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not Red Robin. Uh, new Robin being, you know, I guess you'd say adding a new Robin. So, 
now that it, knowing the storyline of where Ben Affleck's uh, Batman has gone, we've already gotten the death of a Robin. So that was who's Robin? Uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd, which was the second or third? Technically, he's the second. He's always been the second um, Robin. Yeah. What happened is the animated series skipped them. Yes. And they went straight to Tim Drake. Okay. I guess because probably anime series felt that it would be like hard to play the story of True. the Red Hood. And I'm like, you should have gone with it because... Could have worked. I would have loved to have seen mm-hmm. uh, Red Hood against Kevin Conroy's Batman. Would have been dope. Yep. Would have been dope. Exactly. So, and Mark Hamill's Joker. Yes. And having that evil laugh. Oh, jeez. The iconic Joker And laugh. the way he would have hit him and asked him, you know, like, what the yeah. name with the crowbar. Exactly. Does this hurt? What about this? <laughs> so it just, it gives us an understanding that he's, Batman, Batman himself has gone through certain Robins and now it's kind of at the wits of, I don't want no more. So now involving in this series, a new Robin being Damien. Now is he, he's already born. So we have, we understand that. In League of Shadows, yeah, exactly. And with the whole <clears throat> the anime series, him being a clone per se, not an actual. You came out of my, you know, you actually came- was it because I thought he was actually Tony Gold and Bruce Wayne's son. What happens is that they drug Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they created the other characters. They created yeah, the other. They sons. created the clone off of uh, Damian Wayne when he died. Ah, there but you go. Damian Wayne, he's actually Bruce's legitimate son. The, the legitimate son? Okay. With Gol. So Talia oh. Gol is the real man. Okay. So, I mean, that could be one. So we're having involvement of Damian now involved in this set of series. Um, now, speaking of that, jumping into that, I guess you can go with fan casting of Raza Ghoul then. We have to uh, have a Raza Ghoul. Okay. Especially for Ben Affleck. Can you imagine what, how crazy that would be to see him against Ross Uncle? Even good. I think it's just because of his mindset sets yeah. it up right. And Ross Uncle being, we got a need for Talia Uncle. So and for the Red Hood story. Yes. They're necessary. Now, actors wise, fan casting. Uh, Agar J's number one is who? Gene Reno. From, if you guys haven't known, Black Panther. Black Panther, I apologize. <laughs> the Pink, Pink Panther. Panther. <laughs> he plays uh, Inspector Clouseau's as uh, like his follower, or his like he's like a detective who helps the Pink Panther Correct. detective out. <clears throat> exactly. Now, also he was in um, the Professional. If you guys want to know and understanding the deep, the, I guess the 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 action part of it, you can say watch the Professional. Um, you get a better understanding uh, of that type of character, why we would want to pick him as a Raza Ghoul. It would be pretty dope. Now, picking him as a Raza Ghoul, we got to pick Talia Ghoul. Uh, Chopra. I can't say her first name right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very bad, and she's going to be mad at me, and she's going to beat me up. I understand that. But I'm going to say it now. Pr- Priyanka. Priyanka Chopra, if I'm saying it correctly. Oh. I can actually ask Google so, and see if she. I said it right. Said it right? Oh, okay. okay, very good. I said it right. <laughs> Got to hear that. That was my wife. She said I said it right. So thank you. Uh, from Baywatch, Baywatch, uh, the 2017 with The Rock. I think she would be perfect, being you know the opposite of a Ben Affleck. If we were to pick, you know, Gene, Gene Reynolds, you know, being the uh, Rosal Gold. Actually, yeah, kind of. I can see it. <clears throat> I mean, I think she's Indian, but. 
that shouldn't really matter. Probably his mom, her mom was Indian and exactly, yeah, you know, set it up right. So I, I think that would just be a good setup. Uh, number two, I think would be Matt McClunson, if I'm saying it correctly, uh, from the Hannibal series coming up, and also he was in Rogue One. He was the villain in Doctor Strange. Oh, that's who he was. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's well known. He's a very good actor. He's been, you know, the evil guy, the henchman. 007. He was the villain in 007, the first one. Casino Royale. Oh, he's a big guy in the part one. He was one with the eye thing, the what eye issue where they're playing cards and he had that little issue with the eye telling this tale or whatever. And he was like, oh, okay, never mind. So, you know, he's been the main villain course of his career. Why not be, you know, Raza Ghul in that aspect of it? Doesn't necessarily need for him to fight. It just needs to have him to have the intellect, I guess you would say. Uh, the opposite now of him for Talia Ghul, Rachel Weiss. Okay. Uh, if you guys don't know who she is, watch The Mummy with what's his face? Brandon uh, Fraser. Brandon freaking Fraser. No, not freaking. Sorry, just Brandon Fraser. Yeah, you can't really. <laughs> I mean, respect the name, yeah, but. You know, uh, but still. It just doesn't... It, it doesn't fit right. No. Uh, so, Brenda Frazier from the movie series, uh, she would be perfect. She has an accent. She has the look, the intrigue, the eye, I think, contact, for sure, against uh, going across Ben Affleck would be good. Yeah, I actually like her. Uh, she's actually also a good action actress, too, yeah. because in The Mummy, she had some she good She had a good choreography. Scenes. She was very good. Well, no, I mean, like, she had a good setup in that movie. So, I think that, that you know, coming up in, in this film... She would be comfortable enough. Oh, and so. delivering the lines the way she would and everything. And how she played herself, the way she looked. Mm-hmm. She actually has like Tony Algo vibes in that movie. Exactly. Yeah, she has a long hair already set up for it. So give her that. Just give her that leather outfit. I think she'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're going to go, I guess, third and final one. All right, this what? is like way out of the book type of third and final Ex- one. Exactly. And it's because we went to a page, okay, so you could look up a page that said Raza Ghoul's casting. Fan casting. Fan yes. casting. So here's what fans wanted. I'm going to let Tony the Kid say it because he saw it. <laughs> he deserves to say it. Yeah. I'm not, I guess the fan casting would intrigue me the most when they said Antonio freaking Banderas. I'm going to say yeah, freaking because put, that guy, on that, name. that guy is freaking awesome. Like, that's what they call me as a nickname. It was a joke status on my end. So, yes. You know, I think that was really dope. So, you were nicknamed Antonio freaking Banderas. You know what I mean? And I think it, it just intrigued me to kind of understand why someone would do that. Why not have, uh, you know, Raza Gould just having a name. It's a name. But... Also, where it come like the actor himself has to have it. Like, why not have it be a Spanish man. Spanish guy? You yeah, know, a Spanish man it's from Spain himself. You know He's what I mean? Spain. So it's like having that aspect of it, and that would be pretty cool. And knowing, probably how, lived in Europe, learned a lot of stuff in Europe. Exactly. So close to it. So why not know more of it? Right. Um, now for them talking, both have a choice for that one though. So. Yes, for Talia Al Ghul, okay? Talia Al Ghul would be the but, perfect... I like yours. Uh, let me go first on mine. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. I like yours better. Got it, okay. I mean, I like mine too, but I think yours works. <laughs> okay, so for Talia Al Ghul, uh, for Antonio Banderas' daughter, mm-hmm. uh, me and Tony Kidd, as I mentioned before, we both have a choice. We both looked at different actresses and we were like, you know, this would work. Yeah. 
So my choice was Kate de Castillo, uh, the daughter of famous actor Eric de Castillo. Uh, she came out in Bad Boys for Life as the main villain. Right. Which was Will Smith's uh, love interest in that movie. That was a pretty much coming out movie within yeah. America. Within America, I guess you would say. Yeah, because I can't... I think she's more well-known when it comes to Spanish movies and, and stuff novellas like that. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And her <clears> acting <throat> and the way she presents herself, she has that, like... Presence. Uh, yeah, that presence. And I like it. You need something like that for Tali Agul. Correct. And just that... Not that evilness. She has that evilness tone. That that higher agenda when it comes to something like that. And so. Tali Agul has that agenda. Like, mm-hmm. she's willing to shoot... Her own son, if she has to, you know, exactly. And, and Kate that Castillo seems like she could do that, like just you know her acting abilities make you feel like, what is this girl gonna do? Right. I feel like you can, for her, it's you can also have it. You know, I, I'll play the mom role, I'll play the love interest role, but I'm also gonna play. I'm gonna stab you in the back role if you do do something wrong. And I, I got it. I got an agenda. Sabotage. And she has a. I actually couldn't actually hear her saying "beloved," like how Donald yeah. Gold says to Batman. Yes, I always feel like that would be perfect for her to say to Ben Affleck in the movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, now going on to my pick, the first thing, first thing I saw, <laughs> the first woman I saw on that fan page pick, Rosalind Sanchez. Now she uh, came from Rush Hour Two. Now she's a well-known actress in the Hispanic community. I think for her having the look of a Talia al Ghul, especially being the daughter of Antonio Banderas. Huh? I was trying to figure out Rush Hour. I was trying to like picture her. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah, she was the older. She that was Jackie one. Chan's love interest yeah. in that movie. So, you know, I think for her would be this would be a perfect role for her. Just uh, same thing. You know, having that. Uh, I, I'm going to make you that. fall in love with me with my eyes. One thing. I want to make you fall in love with me with my my gestures, my presence, my felt. Like she can give that when it comes to being a co-star for another person. So she was doing the same thing with like if she has that same vibe that she was giving out when it was going to going across the from The Rock or even Jackie Chan. So it was like good. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker yes, Chris Tucker playing around. So you get that feeling. And I think she would fit well in this setting. You would say. I can imagine she would look good and dressed like Tony Al Ghul. Her mm-hmm. hairstyle, everything fits her. Right. Uh, her accent, she has, she could deliver lines mm-hmm. because she doesn't have like a deep accent. So. No, she doesn't have a deep accent. But the good thing is that she, you could tell she has an accent itself. So it's not like you have to hide it. But it's also not, in essence of, it's not a, Son- a Sofia Vergara. Vergara. Like her accent where it's hard to understand the, her talk. Her, yeah, what she's trying to tell me. And it's nearly better than Selma Hayek, too. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And the thing I like about uh, Rosalind Sanchez, I think that's her name, right? Yes. Okay, the thing I like about her more is she has something which I like to call the Latin flavor. Hey. Okay. And the Latin flavor is something that not that many... It's something that the Latina woman are missing out on nowadays. Uh-huh. And it's a way you walk, a way you present yourself, the way, like, it's like a fiery, how you say it? like, if you just, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. here, I'll put it like this. Uh-huh. You open that old flashing lighter, you know, and you just hear, yeah, Shh. yes. 
That's that Latin flavor. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and she has that. If yeah. you look at her, she has that Latin flavor. And I'm like, you know, imagine Antonio Banderas needs a daughter that could do that. Yeah. For totally our goal. Right. That, exactly. I think so, too. So, to be perfect pick. Perfect pick. I like the fan picks when it comes to them two being paired with each other. And the reason why I like Antonio Banderas is one of my choices also, like your choice mm-hmm. that you saw, and I like them too. Um, one, he's expanded from when he did Desperado. Yeah. He's gotten, like, you know, he's not, he hasn't gotten better. He's always been good. Right. But I feel like now he could actually pull off that wise old man, like, Right, Character. I think I think when it comes to yeah, that I would agree to that, and especially when Antonio Banderas, I think when his, his seriousness, he's been the you know been an action hero. Now, what I'd like to see him evolve in is what film was it? Him playing as Sylvester Stallone. I think assassins, assassins. Okay, so if he. It, like if he dives into that inner role of that character and brings it to this one, but more of a mature, I'm an older man, I'm a wiser man, I know better than what people know, and but also having that presence of like he did in Assassins pulls it off perfectly. And the other thing I like about him is that out of the three choices, he's the only one that has done a movie where he plays a swordsman. Mm-hmm. A crafty That's true. The Fox himself. Yes. And you know that connects to Batman too because Batman as a little kid when his parents died mm-hmm. was coming out of a Zorro movie himself. Right. Exactly. So imagine Batman having to take on Zorro. He's well known for that. That's true. He's well known for that. Like Puss in Boots when he played Puss in Boots. His sword skills was even like on point in that That's films. animated. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. My bad. But it's still right. works. Yeah. Yeah. It goes well. <laughs> his cat learned from his action skills. <laughs> so it was that that to be perfect. So you know, that's why Raza Ghoul, it just would be an intriguing role for it, and especially a TV series. I'm down with that. I like that aspect of it. So go for it, guys. Why not? Give us your thoughts. Uh, now, speaking of the Jokers, we were talking about earlier, earlier uh, um, uh, dealing with the whole, you know, Red Robin um, and Red, the Hood. Red Hood and stuff like that storyline and be involved in this one. Um, I guess you could say we can adapt the three Jokers. Now, I guess that was more so of novel. If I'm not mistaken. Actually, it's starting to come out now recently. Okay. It's, uh, there was a comic book um, way before they restarted everything. Mm-hmm. Where in the comics, I think Batman gets the... I'm not too sure. So, everybody, remember, I am Uncle RJ. I'm not that good at comics. But from what I heard, uh, he got the chance to sit down on the chair of a guy that knows everything. Okay. And so he's like, okay, you know, ask me one question. What is it that you want to know? Mm-hmm. And Batman's like, who is the identity of the Joker? Oh. And he finds out there's actually three Jokers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, all this time I've been beating one up while the other one's out there doing something else. And then I go beat that one up. And There's the another one. And the weird thing I'm trying to figure out is, if you look at the animated series, you know that he's never put that Joker in jail at all? That's true. Or probably like once in a while, but you ever realize that Joker's always like faked his own death each every episode that he's with them in? Yeah. So I'm like, imagine if that's one of the Jokers. Wow. Yeah. And then there's the Joker who 
he, you know, pretty much destroyed right. and left him damaged. And that's Jerry Lello's looking one. Okay. The one that beats up and stuff. Okay. And then you have the Joker who uh, pretty much um, is a bit older, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess you could say you got the, not say, yeah, the older Joker, you could say. For sure, you got to have the Jared Leto who's more damaged physically. Um, and probably that Jared Leto's not the, like, you know, in the three Jokers, there's three different ones. And I think one of them is, like, the actual main Joker. Which wouldn't be Jared Leto. I think Jared Leto would be more Kinda the like newer one. The newer one. Yeah. Yeah. And while the original one is probably who I would cast as the original would be William Dafoe. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of that, William Dafoe would be the original Joker. And especially his... Where he's at age-wise, going against Ben Affleck, I would go with that too as well. That would be good. Uh, we also picked Matthew Lillard from the Screen series, also Scooby Doo. Yeah, when he play, he plays Shaggy. And the reason why I pick, I like his choice is that remember in Scream when he's like, you know, he's just taunting. Wait, yeah, there's more. So and yeah. like the old dude's like, you know, and don't ever say he'll come back. And uh-huh. he's like. I'll be back. But the way he says it, his eyes and everything, and the way he's walking out, like, yes. just, he's joking the whole time, and you could just feel like he's taunting old dude. When he's getting stabbed, he's taunting old girl when he's getting stabbed, too. Yeah. I've always, actually, when it came to Matthew, I think, well, after seeing Scream, I thought he would be a good, a good Joker. Now, I don't know for sure if I want to see him in the cinematic verse, but if they would have put him in a TV version of it, he would be perfect. I think because now his time for cinematic has already passed. You know, it, you yeah. know, it, it kind of reached that point, and then it kind of, you know, and it's because his acting has like, you know, he hasn't been in much, right, after Scooby Doo and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. I think he was but, in Without a Paddle, if I'm not mistaken. He was in that movie, so. Yeah. Comedic. He's always been just a comedic aspect of it. I think for them, the first serious and evilish role was Scream. So if they would probably continue to give him more roles like that of being the psychotic uh, or the mental case, you would say type of person that would be a better role for him. So I like that. And I remember and the weird thing is when you said it after you watched Scream and you thought of him as a Joker. Mm-hmm. I think that's when me you started like going back and forth about. Actors that could have played the Joker in different eras. Eras, yes, exactly. So that would have been that would have been pretty cool and dope to see. Like even at, when Val Kilmer came, no, no, it was uh, nah. He still would have been yeah a little too young for that. He would have been actually. young. I think we were aiming for when Christian <coughs> Bell was getting cast. Yeah, there you we're go. Both like, oh, right now is a good chance for him to get cast as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course they went with uh, the talented. Heath Ledger. Um, unpredictable, too, because I didn't think Heath Ledger did, as a Joker. Heck no. I did not think that Heath Ledger was going to pull out that role. When I first heard that they were going to put him as a Joker, I said, what are you thinking? Like, he doesn't... I, and my first my first thought was, that boy does not have a laugh like that. You're no. talking about Knights, a nice tale. You're talking about the knight, the shining armor. You're going to put him, face. the pretty face, you're going to talk, talk about the blonde-headed guy being the Joker, being this psychotic person? No. No, shout out to my brother Tony for this one. So when I found out about that casting, I, I think at the time I, was, I had a cell phone finally. I'm not too sure. I think I did. Yeah, yeah, I had a cell phone. So <laughs> I wasn't that poor yet. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. I had money at that time. At that moment. 
Yeah, so I sent Tony my brother a text, and I'm like, dude, they uh they got Heath Ledger as Joker. Yeah. And I don't like it. So he's like, give him a chance, you know, think of his acting. And I'm like, of course, but he's like a pretty face. Yeah. I'm like, Joker's no pretty face, man. Joker's out there to destroy and do all this, you know, all this destruction, killings and all these things. He's, you want somebody who's going to put Christian Bale on, like, notice. Right, exactly. Yes. And, and my brother Tony's like, yeah, trust me. You, you know, once you see it, you'll understand. Mm. And yeah, he was right. He was I, uh, I watched it and I was like, damn, he's Ledger knocked this out of the park, kind of. He did. I mean, he definitely knocked it out of the park. Um, I think my, my point, point of view was it when, you know, when he Ledger died, rest in peace. Um, I still didn't want to say, you know, it, it, it was, it was going to give him a better reason to say his Joker is the better one. I think at that point I didn't want to say it at that point yet. I'm not saying it now. That's the reason why. But um, I wanted. I'm always been, just been the type of person to see the movie first, then give it a proper judgment. Don't base. Don't judge a book by its cover first. Understand what's inside the book. And I think most of the time that not only does it involve the actor, but it involves the director himself. Like, yeah. Uh, I know there's people who like Jared Leto's Joker, but. I couldn't get behind it, no, no matter what. And the reason why I didn't like Jared Lowe's Joker is that he seems too plain. Yeah. That, I think that's the way to to explain it, is that his Joker, his mannerisms and everything, it didn't seem like I was looking at a real Joker at all. It really didn't. I felt like you were seeing, you were basically seeing, uh, like how you said earlier, a Joker henchman. Just a henchman that works for Joker in the same mental state that is Joker, and he's just a different one. He's just trying too hard. Yeah, you say. So I felt like that was why I couldn't get get Probably behind Joker. He was like getting the mantle, like you know, somebody's passing the mantle. Or right. This is a new one now. Right. Exactly. So that's why, you know, going from the Jaredo, it can go from. We need a different aspect of it, and especially it being a three Joker. And somebody could really push me, uh, Ben Affleck. To the limit, point. I think Matthew Litter would be like that guy. Yeah, very good. Uh, we also put our hand in the ring, uh, Johnny Depp, you know, since he's also just a great person to adapt in different roles. So, you know, it's also a good version of it. You know, we've seen, I think, Boss Boss Logic, if on Instagram, if I'm not mistaken, or some type of post like that, where they did, uh, they put his face in the Joker status, and it actually looked intriguing. So I think that's probably why you would say Johnny Depp would be also a good person to pick off. Not too bad. Um, but also, what, what other casting we going to go to? Think about Johnny Depp. Why not we bring up one of the characters that i never seen been done before? Right. Clayface. Which is a well-known, you know, a villain. It's always been, even in the video games, he was a well-known villain. Even in Justice League. Justice League itself. So it's like, what... You know, he needs to come out now. He needs to be in the cinematic universe. And the thing about Clayface is that um, the one that we know is from the anime series, mm -hmm. his uh, character is actually based on two Clayfaces in one. The name of the character is based on, I think, Clayface Part 2, if I'm right. Uh -huh. While Clayface, the portrayal, like the character, he's, how do you say it? He's mixed. Yeah. So the name is of uh, the first Clayface, mm -hmm. while his 
lifestyle and everything, like him being an actor, yeah, comes from the second play phase, and they just combine them into one. Okay. And I like that storyline more. I always liked the like an anime series where he's this actor who was like Hollywood's heartthrob, you know. And I like he, that one. He dated like all these superstars, and then all of a sudden, I think he was in a car accident that messed his face up. Right. No, it wasn't that. No. I thought it was more. It what a well the darkness of the type of setting of it was. He got into a fall with the mob. He was in it wrong with the mob. And they basically scarred him up. They oh. said, "They said this is this is your money maker." They think they grabbed a box cutter and they scarred his face up really bad. And that's why they started using those the, uh, cream, the cream from the Daggett Enterprises. Exactly. And they're like, um, they I, what it was. Yeah, I feel like. Well, I mean, well, let's put it this way. I think this maybe could be a different story because I think it, it's not really what it, the actual storyline is. What could be is. You know, they came to him, they messed up his face, and they came, they invited him back over um, after he kind of got bandaged up and stuff like that. And, you know, him being, let's say, you know, my face is my moneymaker. This is how I'm supposed to make business. How am I supposed to pay you back if this isn't working? And again, they go evilish again on him. Okay, well, fine. You want, this is your moneymaker? Well, here, take this cream and take this ointment. They overdose him with all this stuff or whatever. And it's so much to where it turns him into Clayface. Kind of like in the cartoon series. In the cartoon series, when the way he became Clayface is that he was doing, like, I think in the beginning of the episode, he mm-hmm. uh, he's running into Daggett's... Uh, industry. Industry. Right. And he goes right into where the clay, like the... the um, was ointment it, yeah, at. it was like cream and ointment was yeah. created. Yeah, And he's like... He's pouring it on his face. He's rubbing it, and you can see like how he's like it's shifting, moving. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the two guards are like, "Oh, you know who are you?" And he turns right. around. He's like, "Oh, I'm Bruce Wayne." And you're like, "Yes." Oh, really? Uh-huh. And then they just grab him. They dump him on the floor. Right. They start dumping that clay all, all over him. Yes. Making him like eat it up and everything. And exactly. Without realizing the precautions of what could happen with that clay, and suddenly. His whole body transforms into it for some odd reason. So yeah. I think it was probably, I think what they have to evolve in the storyline is what was the chemical that made him transform. Could it be part of the Joker's chemical? It, I feel like I think that's one thing about this chemical and knowing all these and the villains. Cream? Yeah, have to have some this chemical itself. And this is where I think oh. would be good either in this essence the the. Razagul aspect of it being the main villain, or the Court of Owls type of chemical that's intriguing with the with uh, Gotham itself. Whatever this chemical is based of, it should be. It's kind of like the TGI, like Ninja Turtles. That certain ooze and stuff like that transforms them. It's a well known one that transforms all everybody in the freaking Turtles verse. Well, what if the chemicals actually? Water from the Lazarus pit itself, uh-huh. and they combine it with the acid, and they're all ch- changing the how they do it. The acid created the Joker because of the Lazarus pit. Because mm-hmm. nobody, apparently, nobody's supposed to survive that fall. Exactly. And so the acid didn't just burn them, but with the chemical being part water of Lazarus pit, mm-hmm. that's how it revived them. Yes. And you know how, like, when. If you remember in the movie Under the Red Hood, when he falls into the pit, yeah, he comes out and he goes insane for a while. Right. Well, think of what happened to Joker. 
But with the acid going into his brain. Exactly. Dude was going crazy. I just, I think I just hit a fan theory that no one's ever thought of. That would be, that's actually a great fan theory. Here here first at 154 in the morning at uh, 913 uh, by Uncle RJ. So yes. Fan theory, biggest one of all time. Think of it. (laughs) It makes sense. Uh, That makes total sense to even evolve in that. They use the acid from Ace Chemicals. Yeah. Into the cream. And what Raza Ghul and why he's been so successful throughout these years of living is selling it. Selling little portions here by here. Because nobody could get to it. He has has ownership of all of them. The ultimate resource of it. So So Daggett buys it. The Mm -hmm. owner of Ace Chemicals buys it. Right. Exactly. And everyone does it because they know this thing works. Right. And they were trying to make it a different ways of how to make it work and being another breadwinner. Yeah. So perfect. There we go. I like that. I like that. That would be perfect for a clay face and why what was that chemical made of and why it's changing him. And the reason why I thought of uh, my first choice for clay face was Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp has already done so many roles that, you know, there's a scene I love in that anime series. Mm. Where I think Batman runs into a trailer, mm-hmm. and Clayface steps in to get him. To get him, mm-hmm. as soon as he does, all these ice screens pop up. They turn on, mm-hmm. and every screen has a different character on it. But each one turns out to be him, the actor. Oh, Clayface himself. Yeah. Okay. So there's an actor dressed as a cowboy. There's an actor dressed as a mafia guy. There's mm-hmm. an actor. You know, it's him as a cowboy. Him as a mafia guy. Him as an Indian. Got you. And I was like, dude, Johnny Depp's been a pirate. He's been a mafia guy. He's been a an cop, Indian. A, an Indian. Yeah. I was like, all they need to do is just get his pictures from all these movies. Exactly. Put them on that TV screen to make it look like, you know, when he walks in there, he sees them. He starts transforming to them like he did in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. That would be a good way for him to, like, go down yep. in an episode. Yes. I was like, Johnny Depp's perfect because of that. Right. That would actually go go well with that series. So good setting. Um, other fan casting. Let's see what else we got. We went through Jokers. Let's go a Two Face casting. So Two Face casting um, in the series. I think it'll be good knowing that Ben Affleck's gonna be Batman. Two Two Face itself would be actually perfect to put on there. Um, I would go with an actor in the essence of Matthew McConaughey. Being a good Harvey Dent, being a good, you know, once you get him the, the psychotic ooze or whatever, the acid that gets on his face and turning oh, yeah. him mental state of it, you know, why not him be perfect for a, a, a two-side two side job? You know what Has I mean? Has he ever been a villain? Yeah. Dark Tower. Dark Tower? Yep. How that was, was his good. Uh, villain in it? I liked it. You liked it? Yeah, I liked his villain in that one. Being and the thing about empowerment. Uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey is he has such a, like, chill... Feel to him. Yes. So imagine you're Bruce Wayne. You're sitting down with Harvey Dent, who has such a like chill, relaxed tone. You know, you're right. talking to him. He seems like that type of lawyer who could like. He seems like that guy who could be a heck of a lawyer and like get his way, uh, win his cases and everything, and just weigh his way through it. Exactly. Which was kind of like Lincoln lawyer. So if you involve Lincoln lawyer in this that he played in, and involve himself as from the Dark Tower. Two characters of his would have been good. Would be good. A good adaption to it. So a two-faced guy. And then you have the guy who probably hung out with like mafia guys. Uh-huh. 
And then you think about him in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. With Leonardo DiCaprio, where he's Correct. like, you know, bring me three shots of this, yeah. a few more of this, mm-hmm. a little bit of that. Now he's like snorting cocaine, I think, at one point. Exactly. So imagine when he's like not with Bruce Wayne, he's not with these mafia guys. He's doing that type of like attitude, you know, around them. Right. I agree. Uh, other other actor, uh, Oscar Isaac. He's played across from Ben Affleck before uh, in the Final Frontier. Not Final Frontier. Front. Something Frontier. The Eighth Frontier or something like that. It was from a Netflix adaption. It was basically a military movie, but he also played in he played Apocalypse in X Men. So give him a, a Harvey Dent type of status and him psychoticness. Now, if you ever watched the movie, um, what movie was it? Oh my goodness, the I would say The Merchant or something like that, it, or something X. I think that's also one movie that you need to kind of look into. Uh, hang on. Right now, Tony can does the search. <laughs> X Machina. If you ever seen X Machina, you're gonna see Oscar Isaac in his adaption of a mental case type of actor, and him adapting of. I'm hearing things. I'm talking to myself. Is that really the idea that you're really thinking of? And that's what you need a toothpaste. Exactly. You. That's what he involves himself into when it comes to having that asset outfit. So that's why I think him going across from Ben Affleck and him having already a chemistry with each other, I think that would be a great, you know, great setup for him. Uh, who else we got? Josh Harnett. He needs a big role. I think he deserves a comeback since he was dabbed possibly Christian Bale's Batman first for him coming back and saying, you know what? I I regretted that role, regret not taking that role. So now I'm going to take this role and him being, you know, being an actor in this one, that would be good. And he's worked alongside Ben Epic before in Pearl Harbor. Right. Exactly. So I feel like he's due for one and I feel like he would be dope as far as being across from anything. So, yeah, I think with another actor going in forward, uh, my third choice, I guess our third choice, would be Josh Harnett. Now, uh, well-known actor already. He was technically supposed to be the Christian Bale Batman before Christian Bale was picked uh, as the Batman in that role. Um, you've seen him in Pearl Harbor, we talked with about. Ben Affleck? As, with, across from Ben Affleck. So, obviously, the chemistry is there. They've known each other. Um, I don't recall ever hearing, you know, when you hear actors have like um, bad yeah, chemistry right. with each other there, I don't think there was one with him. I don't think Josh Hartnett has ever had like bad chemistry with anyone. No, I think everyone has or been. a bad rap. Exactly. I think it was been well-respected. Um, the one movie you can kind of say, I guess you would see the villain in him in that movie would be a movie called, Oh, um, it's, oh. it was way back in the day. He was. Being it was uh, high school, this guy was um, I think it was Omar Epps, if I'm not mistaken. Omar, um, was it Omar Epps or Mackay Piper? No, I think what I, I think it was Omar Epps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was uh, playing basketball. Omar Epps was the star of the uh, star of the basketball team. Josh Arnett was his you know teammate, and you know obviously wasn't getting that much you know rep in that movie, and. Uh, he basically was starting to do psych- psychological 
warfare against Omar and was playing little tricks here and there, you know, trying to persuade these other teammates of doing tricks on this guy and basically plotting against him throughout the whole movie. And it turns out to be a tragic ending where, you know, the guy ends up killing his girlfriend. He ends up killing himself. And Josh Arnett ends up being the villain of the crew and he gets arrested type of thing. But he played mental games across from that. So I feel like him being the two-faced and him being the lawyer, but also having that psychoticness afterwards, that would be great for him. Yeah, it's McCaff Piper. It was? Yeah. Let me see. Let's see what you're talking about. Let me see. I don't think he's telling me the truth. Oh, it is. Oh, that's the girl. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. The female. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I forgot her name. Uh, something Styles, Julia Styles, or something like that. Odin James. Oh my good, that's what he did. He played Odin James. He was oh yeah, you're right. Micaiah Pfeiffer. My bad, Micaiah. My fault. I thought you was on my apps. Y'all both always confuse me in life. Um, that's my fault. Y'all can beat me up, crew. <laughs> Tony Omar Tony, was actually Tony the kid. You you guys, you know, he doesn't get the names right always all the time when it comes to movies. I just know. When watching movies, I know where that actor came from. So I can say, oh, he was in this movie. I just know my faces. That's all. Yeah, because Macaulay Fiber was actually one of my Green Lantern choices, too. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. We're good. We actually never okay. hit on to John Story casting before. Got you. Okay. We should do that eventually. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably a different wish list. Yeah. But, yeah, Josh Harnett, what do you think? I like him. I've seen him in, uh, you know, I was trying to, I watched part of that. I watched him in uh, Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and I also watched him in uh, The Black Dahlia. What's that? It's actually based on a 1950s uh, murder mystery. Oh. A girl who was found, uh, kids, careers. So this girl, she was found, like, carved oh. from ear to ear. Gotcha. And apparently The Black Dahlia, uh, whoever did it was a big fan of the blue or green Dahlia, which is... Kind of like weird because that Dahlia, the blue Dahlia or green Dahlia, is where they created the Joker from. Oh, wow. Okay. Because of the big smile that the guy had. On the face. Okay. So, Josh Charnett comes out, I think, as a detective who's trying to figure out who killed the Black Dahlia. Okay. And it's with Scarlett Johansson. Pretty good movie. Wow. Okay. Definitely worth watching, everybody. Gotcha. Uh, any, I think that would, otherwise, as far as Two Face concerned, that would be pretty much my pick. Anybody else? I have one last pick, mm-hmm. just because I've seen him after I saw him in a movie with Jamie Foxx. I thought, you know, this guy would be a pretty good Two Face. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise. Good pick. Very good pick. And you can also say, uh, Collateral. That was Louis. Collateral. Yeah. Now, Collateral Damage was the Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie, but Collateral go. was the depiction of where Tom Cruise was blonde hair. He played a hitman, basically, across from Jamie Foxx being the taxi driver. But another movie you can kind of say what he can adapt uh, from to as well is uh, League of Their Own. Not League of Their Own. I'm sorry. I'm thinking That's uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Um, oh, dang it. What was the movie? That's a Few Tom- Good Men. There you go. There we go. A few good men. Exactly. He plays a lawyer in that one. So you involve that with collateral. There you go. You got you got something. And he has that he has that smooth persona also. Like if you watch his movies, he's always like that smooth guy. Mm -hmm. But then he could like, you know, he flip a switch, turn to something else. 
And yes. it's like that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of feel to him. And exactly. I'm like, you know, Tom Cruise would be a perfect toothpaste. Yes. I would go with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. That's actually a good pick in that aspect. You know, Tom Cruise coming in and being Two-Face. There you go. <laughs> Other than Green Lantern, which they want him to be. But, yeah. You know, I'm like, Two-Face. Two-Face would be better. Um, We got Clayface, Two-Face. Uh, Actually, when we did Clayface, we didn't mention Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that's why we didn't do a full depth in the Clayface. We Johnny Depp. And that's like, we'll true. Just Johnny Depp. That's very true. We went into Johnny Depp with that. Uh, Clayface casting. Now, we figured Clayface would be a perfect cast in this series. Um... Will we be perfect? Also, castmates, fan cast. Leonardo DiCaprio, you said, yes. right? So, Wolf of Wall Street, you get a good glimpse. Um, You know, what other movies that he played in? You could say... The intrigued. Departed? <clears throat> okay, yeah, The Departed. There you go. I got you. He's like a... You know, he plays kind of like a good guy, bad guy type role in there. Mm-hmm. Um... It's hard because I've never seen DiCaprio play a villain much. You don't necessarily see a villain, but I think what you can see where it messes with his mental state, Shutter Island. Shutter Island? Yeah, where he was like, it was, he was at a psychiatric ward, and I guess he was a patient and he was seeing things, type of stuff like that. So, you know, if you could adapt that in as far as being Clayface and. Seeing different people around and him transforming and stuff like that and messing with his mind, of course, and the psych- psychic mind, that'll go well. And just like Johnny Depp, I think Clayface has to be uh, like kind of like this handsome actor, you know, who lost it all. Uh huh. So that's why he keeps trying to use that cream to get his face the way it was. Yeah. And two people, I believe, that have that type of feel would be Johnny Depp or Leonardo DiCaprio. Very true. Now, I have a different depiction on that, though. Yeah. What I would have found an intriguing role is Jonah Hill. Now, he's played well when it comes to his comedic aspect. Uh, when he finally turned and showed a different point of view of his skills, as far as acting skills, in Moneyball, or even at that... Wolf in, of Wall Street. In Wolf of Wall Street, you see a different side, and... Now, in this aspect of Clayface and his storyline of being, you know, an actor and his his face is his moneymaker, you can also say him, his comedic side of it. You know, his comedy is at a high standard. He's, you know, well-known face when it comes to that. He does many different depictions of, um, at, like, comedy status. Like, he impersonates this person and that person a lot. He gets the voices done, down pretty well, what have you, which then in turn leads to him still only money. All of a sudden, okay, you want to be funny, haha. You want to be dressed up as all these different other actors or people and whatnot. Here you go. You get the clay face. I like that. So it gives a different, you know, feel to it, like being, um, like yeah, just being different. I say just being different, just being different. Why not involve that? That I think that would be a good. Uh, a setup, good nice setup to it, and especially because Jonah Knowles is pretty good of an actor who could carry. I mean, Clayface you really don't need to carry much because right. it's just CGI and your voice out there. Mm-hmm. I believe that Jonah Hill can actually make you think. You know, believe. Yeah, exactly. I need this cream, and now that I got it all over me, now I'm trying to hunt down the people who did this to me. Right, exactly, and it's just being. You know, you see him a little evilish. 
Oh, oh, play in the play. I like it. Alright. So, let's see. Where are we at? We left with Clayface. We didn't talk about Mad Hatter. I wasn't mind him in the show. Oh, Clock King. Clock King you were talking about? That's right. I remember uh, a long time ago when I was watching a movie called Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You ever seen that? Yes. Remember how... Uh, the guy who comes in bed, um, back to the future, Doc Brown. Uh, right. I forgot his name though. Christopher. Darn. Christopher something. Wait, before you do it, let me try to see if I can remember before you do the Tony the Kid search. <laughs> uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yes. Agreed. So I saw him in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and I was like, yo, this guy, Christopher Lloyd's voice, the way he presents himself. He reminded, he like, when I saw the clocking, I was like, Christopher Lloyd's definitely the clocking. Yeah. And even now, now he's, you know, he's older in the essence of being 81 years old, but he can still go on across with just being an actor and having his, the look of him would still fit well. You know, he doesn't necessarily, the clocking doesn't necessarily need to be this young guy going against this big bad guy. He's just more or less mental, you know. Yeah. Mess with his mental you aspect. Can't get Christopher Lloyd, you could probably recreate the character and make him look different. Yeah. And that's how your John and Hill comes in also. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's not too yeah. bad. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that. Sure. Um, anybody else? Mad Hatter, uh, Martin Short. Who that? You ever seen that movie, The Three Amigos? Yeah. Remember the guy? Oh, who, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I got you. The comedy guy, too. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. The third one? He came as the Frost. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought of him because he wants somebody who's like, he has that look. I don't know why. Yeah. He's had that Mad Hatter. He looks at you weird. Yes, that's true. I think that would be a Mad Hatter. I would pick him as a Mad Hatter. Like his mannerisms, the way he talks, the way he, like, I don't know, something about the way he develops, he delivers his lines, you know? Yes. I feel like he could talk to like that cute girl at the Manhattan Day where he had a crush on the cute girl yep. named Alice, and that's why he created. He called himself the Manhattan. Right. He created that whole universe and everything like that. Right. Agreed. So yeah, I like that for Manhattan. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, anything else? Uh, let's see. We already did the Joker. Right. Um, let's see who else we're missing. We did Two Face. Yes, we did. We did uh, the new Robin. We talked about Deadshot being in it. Right. Um, Black Mask, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. We're down to what if not just is not only is this a series, but what if this leads to like HBO movies? Oh, yes. Under the Red Hood being one of them where he has to take on the Red Hood himself, Jason Todd. And basically, basically what adaption you can get it from people is the mo- the animated movie, the Red Hood. Um, Not necessarily like line by line per se but as far as what the plot is where where the story is going to end up being and in the middle you can tweak it however you need to add so, uh, more elements to it than they had before exactly uh especially the fact that i think the reason why you would want to get a red hood movie is because you already teased us with the robin costume saying ha 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 all over it so that's where it came from. Now, we need to know, us fans need to know that story. We need to know a little bit more thorough in there. So, obviously, they're going to go back in time just a tad bit in understanding of what had happened. So, I feel like they can't, where Ben Affleck's time frame is now, it 
it can't I don't think it it works well since it's been so many years. I think it needs to happen. It needs to go back just a little bit uh in his years and say it happened this time frame a little bit right after that death because obviously a little bit right after the death they he gets buried, they take him out, Razagul puts him in Lazarus pit and he ends up turning. So obviously he disappears for a little bit, reinvents himself and kind of understands where he like, remembers where he came from, and then starts going back to Gotham and done doing his evil deeds. And killing you. And the thing is that he's kind of <clears> like <throat> pretty much Batman in a way, but eviler. Yeah. Well, well, not eviler, but he breaks the law that he breaks that one rule that Batman won't. Do. Correct. The killing. Yeah. The gun shooting. The killing. He's aspect. going after all the bad guys like yes. Batman does. He's not going after the good guys. Mm-hmm. But he's doing exactly what Batman wouldn't do. Right, he's being more gritty into it. So, yeah, go with that. Now, the one movie. Wait, wait, but before you do that, okay. The one Joker we use for that movie, uh huh, would be uh, one of the foes. For the Red Hood, yeah, yeah, I would go William Defoe. I would pick. I, I would pick one of the foes. But Joker. then again, you also have to pick Jared Leto because he got beat up because of that aspect of it. Probably because Batman confused both Jokers. Oh. Okay. So all this time, go. it could yeah. add it could add that little like touch to it, where you know Batman beat up a henchman all this time, and he's been chasing a henchman when the real Joker is just getting away with it. That's true. Okay, that does make sense. Actually, go with that. Uh, so now can I go into? It? Oh yeah, I can go into it now. All yeah, right, because Bet. this is the freaking movie that everyone needs. This has to happen. This is the movie that needs to happen for sure when it comes to a live action adaption. Or you know, especially, uh, oh, especially You've been the time frame. About this for a long time too. Yes, the the timing of it, the mask of the phantasm movie. You did so well being animated. You were the best, even at that animated film at that point. I feel like to this day still is the best. Um, you have to have the depiction. You have to have the live action adaptation to it. Now, when it comes to the mask mask of the phantoms, if you don't know. It's basically a female villain and who end up during the storyline at a younger years of Batman uh, finding out that she is back for vengeance. Loves Batman. They were going to be married. It was Catwoman before Catwoman. And this was going to be the it girl. This was the what if girl that got away. And at that, now that she knows she knows who Batman is. She knows who Bruce Wayne is. And it's now it's a battle of each other, between each other. But it's vengeance in her eyes because she's getting back to who killed her father. Yeah. And that's what uh, In the movie, what I like about it, in the animated <clears throat> movie, is that it actually gave you an actual love story for Batman. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the best love stories ever because yes. if you watch it, um, first he meets her at his mom. Like, he's at his parents' graves. Right. And he's talking to his parents, and then all of a sudden, some you know, here's somebody talking. He's like, "Oh, were you talking to me?" And she's like, "No, no, I'm talking to my mother." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And she's like, (laughs) "She's like, did you know that was mom? That was Bruce Wayne." Oh wow! And then Bruce is like, "Bruce is now I'll head over hills for her." Yep. He's like, you know, this girl is just as crazy as I am. Yep. So now he starts dating her, Mm -hmm. and they're like, "Dude, they're going to." Museums. Museums. They're going to uh, county fairs. Restaurants, county fairs. Yes. They're doing, he's living a normal life. 
at this point. And he, like, at one point he tried to take down the bad guys, but he, like, failed because he's like, you know, I'm not bringing fear into them. Exactly. This is what What? turns him into a Batman. Helps him. But at the point where he's, like, thinking, he's now at the crossroads. Mm -hmm. But as he's dating this girl, this girl tells him, you know, my dad, he... He kind of like made a bad move. He made negotiations with the wrong people. Yep. And I think he owes money to these people. Yep. And so all this time, Bruce is like, you know, <clears throat> it's okay. We'll take care of it. Uh, we'll find a way out of it. Right. I don't know. The weird thing is, why? I think either Bruce, she never told him how much he, he owed them. Or probably from what I heard is that he paid them off, but they still wanted something from him. There was something else, yeah, I think there was something else <clears throat> in play besides that. But I also think, no, I think more or less it was the money, but it was the father took the money. From them. It, yeah, exactly. He took the money from them. Like, it was some type of uh, investment or something like that overseas. And the father was saying, you know, this is a good, this is a good deal. We should take it. But it was their money, and it was the father that took the money, used it, spent it, and wasn't able to pay it back and put it back in there. And I think he wouldn't take Bruce Wayne's uh, help from it at or, all? Well, I don't know. I believe he Bruce Wayne wasn't know what like didn't know how much, the amount of it. I think if Bruce would have known, I think he would help. But yeah. I think it was and the father kind of like saying, don't put him into this situation. Don't tell him nothing. She, I'm not telling you nothing. All I know is a bad deal. We got to go. I'm taking care of it. I'm yeah. paying it. So exactly. finally, you know, it seems like she paid, you know, he paid it off in her mind. Right. So, uh, you know, they like she um he gets to the point where Bruce Wayne is finally realizing, you know, I'm in love. Yep. And he's like he goes to his parents' grave and I think this is like one of the greatest scenes in any history where Bruce is at the grave and this is why it's hard to argue between the Red Hood and Mask of the Phantasm. Uh-huh. And uh in this grave setting, he's kneeling there, begging his parents to forgive him right. for the fact that he's fallen in love and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to fight crime no more. He doesn't want to go into that darkness again. No, yep. he's like, you know, I, you know, I didn't count on being happy. I didn't count on being in love. Came out nowhere. And he's like, "Can you give me an answer?" And she appears, and she's like, "Maybe they did. You know, maybe that's why they sent me to you." Yep. And you're like, damn. They're going to get married. Did they kill her? What happened? You mm-hmm. know? So, soon afterwards, uh, you start getting these killings that happen. Phantasm appears and kills an, a mafia guy. All the henchmen. It's the yeah. mafia. The mafia um, head of the table. Yeah. Yep. Every head of the table had to do something with her dad. Right. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know that it's her, her you know? He right. believes that it's the dad who's come back to give vengeance for something that happened. Exactly. Or even at... Well, I think the involvement of Joker, too. He didn't know about Joker, though. But the guy that was laughing. Yeah, at the end. Mm-hmm. So, as it starts going down, uh, he, like, she gave him, he goes back to the flashbacks. And in the flashback, he's, like, you know, he's training. I think he's, uh, he goes down to the cave because he fell down there, I think. Yeah. So, he goes to the cave. He sees the cave. And he's, like, you know, look at this. And Alfred's like, uh, look at this. You know, here's a ring that you proposed to her. Oh, and I was like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it. 
So Batman, Bruce Wayne is like, okay, uh, that answers my question. You know, you guys didn't want me to marry her. Mm -hmm. You guys want me to go kick ass. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to put it. You want me to put on the cape, spandex, and go up there. Okay, I see. I see appearance. I got you. This scene, dude, out of all the scenes I've ever seen, it's the way when he puts his his, uh, mask on. Uh huh. And he turns around to Alfred. And you know, Alfred's scared. Alfred's like, Oh my god. He freaks out. So like and that's the thing, you never saw Alfred Matt. Like you never saw that depiction. By him doing that, you understood why he is who he is being Batman. Like, I'm here to put in fear in you guys. And that's yeah, my and that's, that's, that's my point. Look what he did to Superman. The yep. most powerful man in the world. And Batman puts fear in Superman. And Alex Superman, the Great. <laughs> Alex the one. The one. You heard that? Superman sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. How how you gonna get scared of a guy in a cape and spandex, huh? How you do that? Huh? Huh? Okay, go ahead. Is is it because of Kryptonite? <laughs> no, wasn't that? Because he was scared. He was scared that he couldn't get as much woman as the Batman. Just saying. And Batman took his girl too at one That's point. That's right. At one point. You heard that? Took his girl. And it's not even Michael freaking King. That was Kevin freaking Conroy. Kevin freaking Conroy took his female. Animated. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so imagine that you know where he starts taking on the phantasm phantasm's yes. like uh you know my fight's not with you right but he sounds like the whole time he sounds you know it sounds like her dad yeah. you realize that the voice and everything it sounds mm-hmm. like her dad and at the end you find out it's her all the time yeah so imagine this movie happening in live action yep what would you do would you change anything at all I think for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change nothing per se. But I guess you can say you're gonna involve, you're gonna know who the Joker is in this movie for sure. You're gonna know in this one the actor that pops in and bumps into one of like either her or him, and you look at him like, oh, that's that's the Joker. That's where he's coming out, and that's why he's involved in this whole scenario because he was a hitman. You know, he was the right hand of a mobster, goes in, does the hit, and then leaves. And then all of a sudden, he turns out to be the psychotic guy or whatnot that falls into the ooze. So now he is worried that this person's going out there and killing everybody. And they're going to know that, dude, I was the hitman. I was one that actually did the hit. So you're going to come back and get me? I'm going to go and get them first before you come in my end. Yeah. So, and then when she finally reaches them. Dude, beats her with a salami. <laughs> a salami piece. Can you true. imagine? The only one I could think of that could punch her with the salami would be Matthew Litter. Yeah. I was like, true. he's the only guy I could think of as the Joker for this movie. Yeah. That would like, try to reach for something and be like, oh, I got salami. Boom. Bam. Boom. Sock you. Let's roll. And yeah. then he, not only does he run from her, but he gets onto a roller coaster. <laughs> that runs off. Runs off so, on a roller coaster without even strapping the seatbelt on. He just jumps just in goes. there and hits the like, you know, go button. Yeah, I think that's why it it would go well. So, um, that's the only thing that you would want to put in there. I think you would. Man, I don't think you would really add. It. I mean, you're probably gonna have to necessarily add certain other villains, like not even like interactions with them, but uh, on the news. Penguin. Yeah, on the news, the penguins that added again or something like that. Or penguin owns a restaurant where Bruce, mm-hmm. you know, he. Go find Because there's him. a point where penguin became an informant now as he owns a restaurant and 
the restaurant is like filled with mafia people. Right. So I feel like it has to tie in with Penguin just because of him dealing with the mobsters. Or even Harvey Dent. Yeah. Him being a lawyer with these mobsters or something like that. And or against this them. happens to happen way back in the day when Bush was just beginning. Yeah. It could be a same thing where like Harvey Dent was just coming around. Right. And that's how they became good friends. Yeah. Because they're anything. So that's true. So that's, I mean, that's where you're going to have some new adaptions to it. And As it goes along. Yep. Uh, I like that idea. I would I would go for this movie right away. Yeah. Uh, fan casting. All right. Who is your phantasm? Well, we already got our Joker, Michael uh-huh. Lillard. Uh-huh. So our phantasm. We got, what, four choices? Four choices. All right. So who would you go with? Uh, number four would be Rebecca Ferguson. That's my number four. That's your number four? Yep. We wrote down uh, each one from one through four, and uh, Tony's pick is different from mine, I believe. That's true. I think my pick for Jump Street would have to be Rebecca Ferguson. If you don't know who she is, she is the main singer, and um, she's the opera singer in The Greatest Showman. She's also the co-star with Tom Cruise in uh, 007. So you get... Some background in that. I think she would be great being a phantasm. Um, she had some action points of view when it came to 007. She did well. So you mean Mission be Impossible? Oh, yeah. Mission Impossible. I'm saying 007. You're right. My bad. They're the same guy. One's English. One's American. So whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah. I would go with that. Mission Impossible. But Bond would kick his ass. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> Has better gadgets. Yeah. Um he would kick his ass. <laughs> I think yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, uh, that would be my number one pick. Number two. All right, for me, number two would be. Uh, I went over. Well, I haven't even done a three yet. Oh, well, number four was. Uh, oh, you went number four. That's right. My bad. I'm going from right, like, four, my three. least favorite to That's, my main favorite. Gotcha. Okay, I and went from my main favorite. Main I'm the opposite. Okay, we'll do gotcha. that. I like that. Okay. All right. So my <clears throat> number two pick would be Jessica Biel. Mm. Your number three. I mean, pick. three. Three yeah. pick would be Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel would be number three. Yeah. Okay. After uh, I saw her in uh, Blade Three, uh-huh. I thought she'd be like. I thought she was good. She would be a good act. Uh, action actress. Yeah. So I'm me okay too. With and that. I and like the way she's such a good dramatic actress as uh-huh. it is. And in that movie she was a good action actress and I'm like, she could be a good choice for uh for a Ben Affleck love interest and I think she could carry herself with Ben Affleck. Yeah, very true. I would go with my number two now, going the opposite way. I'm gonna go with Kate Beckinsale, uh from Underworld. I think you put some red hair on her. She's already a well-known action actress. She looks. She would look like she have a better chemistry with Ben Affleck as far as face to face. So I would go Kate on okay. that for number two. My number two would be. It's funny. I finally reached your number two. We're both on number two right mm-hmm. now, even though you're going backwards. So my sure. number two would be uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Look at that. Okay. And just because of that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's yeah, a, she has a good resume. You know, yeah, good resume. Uh, my number three now. Oh, she looks good with red hair. I never seen red hair. You seen? Scooby Doo movie. She played. Oh, Daphne. Daphne. That's right. She was redhead. <laughs> that does fit her. Um, my number three would have to be shoot uh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Yeah, Jessica Biel would be my number three. I will go with that. 
Um, number one? My number one is your number two. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. After I saw her in Under World, uh, with that tight, like, leather, like, skin tight, yep. um, outfit. outfit on. Yep. And just her, her, like, face, you know, the, she's pretty. She, uh, she's just pretty. All right, and Kate. She looks Logano. good in that outfit and she's an action part, you know, she, Knows how to like use the guns and movies the way she does it. Get a restraining order on uh, Uncle RJ here. Okay, just letting you know. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say the same thing about myself right now. Like, put a restraining order on Uncle RJ. <laughs> I was like, okay, you beat me to it. Yeah. Uh, Kate Beckinsale, I just like her in that movie and the way she's like the action she delivers, the way she brings out the guns and mm-hmm. she's like shooting these vampires down and these werewolves down. It just fits well within the movie setting. Yeah. So I will go with that. Um, my number four, I would have to pick Sarah Michelle Gellar. I think she would be a number four. I mean, she is. She has a good resume. But as far as who would I rather see more within the movie series, I would have to keep with the other three. Just because of what I think what it, what they bring to the table when it comes to this particular setting of the movie. So that's why I would pick um, pick the other three first in front of her. I don't expect that. I actually like what you your choices, and um, I still think mine is better. Yeah, sure. My number sure, one, you know, no, Kate Beckinsale. Right, right, right. Underworld. Kate, I'm just saying, run away so <laughs> fast as you can. Uh, now, speaking of Phantasm, we're gonna go. We're gonna basically kind of bring back old stuff into the new series. One main guy that has been on our wish list for I don't know how long that we've been doing this. The so last can four I play years? a song of this? Uh, sure, yeah. You think... Look, so... Like... Okay. Ready? Well, okay, so here's a theme song of what we're waiting to happen. Anybody know what that is? I know what that is. Do you know what that is, guys? You know what that is? We'll tell you who that is. That is the Grey Ghost. People, the Grey Ghost. Now, this dude has been on our wish list for, uh, since the beginning of Wishlist. Like a TV series. I've been waiting Straight for up. a TV series, a cartoon series that on West when he was alive. When he was, exactly. When he was alive, we were picking him at the one point. Right? For a cartoon voice. I yes. was like, he should just do a cartoon movie. You It'd know? be perfect for it. Now, speaking of Grey Ghost and it being in the live action setting with Ben across from Ben Affleck, who's your pick being the Grey Ghost? Because um, I want to go directly to the same thing as uh they did with Kevin freaking Conroy. Uh-huh. Where they brought in Adam freaking West. Yep. Because you gotta put respect on that name too. Respect. A lot of respect on Adam freaking West. Uh-huh. So in the original cartoon, Adam West played the Great Ghost. Yep. And we talked about this so many times on our wish list. We're uh-huh. gonna keep wish listing this Straight one up. until it happens. I agree. So my choice for uh Great Ghost would be another Batman actor from uh-huh. like the nineties. Yep. George Clooney. Oh. It actually since you said that, I've actually brought into my mind that it actually fits better. It fits well. Just because one, George Clooney, 
was put in the most difficult situation of all Batman movies in Batman and Robin. Um, the movie itself was just more so for sales rep. I think when it came to the actual plot of the movie, you already were in trouble when that movie came out. It was like campy. It was very. And it reminded me of Adam West so much, like his campy cartoon yes, movie shows. Exactly. The bad part about it is that we were we got Michael Freaking Keaton in his first two films with Tim Burton, then Val Kimmer, who actually did pretty decent coming into it. And you know the storyline was well. The casting could have been tweaked a little bit, um, but otherwise, overall, it was a good setting. It was fine for where it was. And then for your film, George Clooney, when it came to Batman and Robin, things got a little weird, per se. It really did. So you being cast as a Grey Ghost would actually be perfect just because of what the Grey Ghost is entitled when it came to the animated series, having that goofy side, having that nostalgic, old-fashioned 70s type of superhero. Or yeah. would say 70s or would say 60s because uh, uh, of Grey and Black. It goes more like 1930s, but the actor, like the TV show, was, uh-huh. um, I guess, in the animated series, it was way before, because Bruce Wayne was a little kid when that show came out. So it um, had to be in, it had to be in, like, seven, 60s, probably? It had like to be in the 60s, yeah, we'll stuff. go with six, 60s, there you go. And so probably, Bruce Wayne was probably, like, 10 years old by... It's- the 70s and by the 90s he was already 20 or old enough so he was looking back at his old cartoon shows yeah yeah and so adam um in the cartoon and this is perfect you want to make a a cartoon like uh i mean the live action adoption of this yep adopted straight from the animated series Uh uh-huh piece by piece everything like from where Bruce Wayne starts, you know, that bomb blows up. Mm-hmm. He gets the thing for the Mad Bomber. Mm-hmm. It could even be Jonah Hill as a Mad Bomber. There you go. I wouldn't bomber. mind that. There you go. Okay. And then uh, George Clooney, you know, he's reading the note as a younger version of himself. Yep. And then now, like, Batman appears in George Clooney's, like, office where George Clooney in his apartment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, read this. And so George Clooney looks at it. He's like, dude. I, you know, I'm just an actor. Yep. And Batman, like, takes him to this cave, and I think he, right in the cave, he shows him the cartoon where, like, the TV, but now it wouldn't be a cartoon, it'd be a live action TV series. Exactly, live action TV show. Yep. And he'd be like, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up watching you, and yep. this is one of my episodes, and he's like, you know, this cave looks familiar. He's like, it looks like the Great Ghost Lair, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, because I pretty much I adapted everything of me from you. Very true. And, dude, can you imagine the interaction between George Clooney as the Great Ghost and Ben Affleck as uh, Batman? It, it would be interesting because I don't think... I think George Clooney and Bat- Ben Affleck never done a film together. So I feel like this would be a testament to how George Clooney is when it comes to other co-stars who have issues, per se. You know, We all know Ben Affleck's history when it comes to drinking or smoking or women itself so for george i feel like that's not in his realm so mm-hmm. personally and i feel like excuse me i feel like this would be a good testament to where the professionalism comes into play and where they, they where they stand with each other and so um it, it's set up for success i feel like it's set up for success and 
it's necessary to happen. Well, now that they brought it back for HBO Max, it's a good series to put up. And then not only can you build a TV show off of this, imagine they got a younger actor to play uh, Great Ghost in the TV series that they were doing. Like they showed the younger Great Ghost, then they showed George Clooney. Right. So now uh, you turn into this was just a one off for George Clooney. Probably he'll show up in the series later on with Ben Affleck. Right. But the Great Ghost, the TV series they were watching on uh, that Ben Affleck put on to like the tape on, or probably in this case, he probably YouTube it. Yeah. That series that we see becomes an actual series that you could watch later on with the brand new Great Ghost actor and different villains that they create around that world. Okay. I mean, that's a good twist to it. Twist the storyline yeah. to add in there. I'll say why not. And I wouldn't mind sitting my butt down listening to that theme song every day. Heck no. And it sounds similar to the Batman, like when it comes to him leaving or yeah. like uh, the cartoon anime series. When he's, you see it, the intro to it. But now think of it more of a yeah. faster pace to it. And that's what I like about it. It's like, not only that, it's just, for some reason, Great Ghost gave me such a good vibe when I saw him. Like, yeah. I was like, I wanted more and you... You left me with just a little taste, kind of like what you do with the uh, Phantasm, you know? Exactly. So imagine live action in Great Ghost. It would be dope. And yeah. you can still pick George Clooney. Be all set up with it. So in the movies, you can you can actually even add him in the movie. Movie, movie. Make if, a Great Ghost movie. Yeah. Make, like, way back in the day. You want to do something different, something add on to it. I would Probably go. like the Great Ghost Returns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be, be dope. I like that. Why not add him in the Flash movie? Ah, boys. That wouldn't be bad, though. Flash ends up right into the still TV series. I just don't want to see Ezra Miller in there. That's just me. No, and intriguing true. himself with other actors that I'm found respect for being their characters. You want to run up in there? I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those where it was just bad casting, I guess. From Jump No, actually, no. That's the thing. He's the only one. Him and... Uh, Lex Luthor, the only the only two that could have been dealt somewhere else. And I think Lex Luthor would have been a good uh, flash. Could be actually now the guy who played about. Luthor. Yeah. I yeah. think he would have been a pretty good uh, flash because his intelligence and everything, the way he like when if you ever seen him and now you see me, yeah, he would have like been able to pull that off. That's true. Adam. That's true. So I think that's it. Phantasm, yeah. Clayface, Mark, uh, Two Face, the Three Jokers, the Great Ghost, the Great Ghost. That's true. Like Mass. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Anything different? Uh, Catwoman. Uh, Charlie Stewart. Who? Uh, remember that? Girl? Oh um, yeah. yeah. Charlie oh, that's Salt. true. Yeah. No, that's from Salt. Atomic. Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. There you go. She's so, perfect for Catwoman. For being Catwoman in the series, yes, go for it. She may be taller, but still, I, I think it will fit. She's better. taller. I think she'll be. I'll be. I think she'll be taller than mm, ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I have um, to look at more thorough and let y'all know. Still could work out, but I would say so. That's actually a good pick. Thanks. Uh, and that uh, Riddler, Michael J. Not Michael J. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall would be. Oh no, not Anthony Michael Hall. Well, he's one of them, but another choice for the Riddler would be uh, Neil Patrick Harris from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is true. People were fan casting him. 
I will so, say Cassie. Neil Patrick Harris' weather in this series, Ben Affleck? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a good depiction. That's a good casting. That's pretty much it, I guess, because we already got our Grey Ghost, and we already got our Grey Ghost, and we already got our Grey Ghost. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen by now already. Please, people, please. <laughs> live action, dude. That's all you got to do, just a live action Grey Ghost. Exactly. They like, sit on like the mafia type of thing where you yep. took down the mafia. <clears throat> and George Clooney comes back for a movie called The Great Ghost Strikes Again or Returns. Strikes Again sounds good. I like that, right? Mm-hmm. Great Ghost Strikes Again. Mm-hmm. And he takes on like a new version of the Mad Bomber, or, like a new, brand new bad guy he has to take on. And he's True. like an older version. He's like older now. It's like one of those where, uh, he retired as a good guy. He's taking a break. But things are happening again. And he's like, I got to do it. And yeah, step boom, out again. Great Ghost comes out. That's true. That's true. That's the way you do it. That's how y'all do it, peoples. Um, yep. Brought to you by Rejects with Rundown. Rejects I mean, with Attitude. Rejects with Attitude. <laughs> Rejects with Rundown. Rejects with Attitude. You could... I mean, it, it, you could we could dive into this and say more stuff about what they could do as far as fan casting, storyline adjustments. I think the one thing with this show that I like is that with the wish list is we can create our own aspect of what we would like to see when it comes to these movies. Just because you can try these different scenarios. And when a lot of times when you're not really paying attention to what the direction is going to be, you choose different and not uh, uh, appreciated uh, settings when it comes to either the scene of the movie, the the dialogue between actors and actresses, the choices that they make within the movie, and in fact the plot itself within the movie, like how, the twists and turns. So, oh, and even on the Great Ghost, sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Even the Great Ghost, <clears throat> you know what I realized? Mm-hmm. When Bruce Wayne is watching the cartoon, he's watching it as a little kid. Yes. He's watching a live, live series. He can bring back his dad in it when his dad is the one that Ooh, puts him to sleep. Oh, that's true. John the, Morrison or something like that? No, uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yes, bringing him back. That'll be dope. Just for that like little episode, like a little tease of Flashpoint with him. Yes, exactly. And he's like, all right, all right, little Great Ghost, time to go sleep. And he's wearing like the Great Ghost costume and everything. Right. And that means he could actually build an adult-sized Great Ghost costume that he could finally wear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, uh, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> It'd be dope. I'll go with it. I think we gotta like really go into great toast, great toast, great ghost. Yeah, great toast. We'll go into great toast some more. But in that, I think that's pretty much all I got. I mean, that's what I like about the wish list is that we're able to show you our creative side and what we're capable, capable, capable. <laughs> Too many beers. I can see that. What we're, we're capable, capable of, of doing. There you go. Of creating. <laughs> yes, of creating storylines. I think when it comes to Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck. Now you got <laughs> me all messed up, man. When it comes to our Batman, it we have a lot of opinions just because of there's so much you can you know um, bring to the table when it comes to a storyline in the in the movie or in a TV show. It's really, really uh, hard to keep repeating when you have so much information and so much stories to change it up on an everyday basis. Oh, this so. is the other thing I was thinking. Sorry to interrupt you. Go again. 
So we're talking about it being a series, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just, but it's still based in the Justice League world. Right. What if, as the series is going down, mm-hmm. different superheroes from the Justice League appear in different episodes with Batman to help him out at certain points? You could. Superman, um, Wonder Woman, of course. Ezra Miller, especially. Like, what if Ezra Miller, the Flash, is the reason why you can fast forward through time and see Great Ghost? Yeah. And live in action. That could be one. And you go into the, like, show that they were doing. The movie, like, they were building up the movie funded by Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> That's true. Because Bruce Wayne would want the Great Ghost to come back, you know? That's true. Yes. And could be good. so much could happen like that. Like Superman could show up because probably Batman is being controlled by some new villain and Superman has to figure out what's going on. That's because of the virus that they're, I think they're told was supposedly spreading around when they went evil. Yeah. So, yeah. Can go there? I like it. That's pretty much it. That's all I got. Any final thoughts? Um... Make great ghosts happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Oh, mess as a phantasm. Yes. Well, uh, that was Uncle RJ. I think when it comes to Tony the Kid, my final thoughts is good ideas. We're going to continue bringing them. Um, great ghosts. WB, please make that happen. CW. CW? Oh, no, Warner Bros. Warner Bros. Thank you. Thank you. Don't try to correct me when I'm mad. Hold on. It was WB. You guys. Y'all need to get the understanding of different stories can help. I mean, stop giving us the same one. So, let's go for it. Let's try to see something different. I like the Grey Ghost's new storyline. I like to see Phantasm actually fit the live action. Um, I like to see where this is going to be at when it comes to... The Ben Affleck version of his Batman hitting HBO Max. So, I'm down. That's it. Uh, Tony Kid signing off. Y'all take it easy. Be safe. Shout out to all you guys for thank y'all for listening and joining our shows. Um, y'all need any issues, please subscribe. Send messages. Uh, don't forget to reach us at rejects.com. I'm sorry, the rejectsrundown.com. Um, also, look us up on Instagram. See it there. Mm-hmm. Facebook or Rejects Life. We're on there um, for all the latest news that's going through. So just, you know, take it easy. Be safe and reach out if y'all need anything. And as always, thank you everybody for watching uh, for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed our show. Thank you for, uh, hopefully, if you guys have any ideas, hit us up. Or, Straight up. Or if you guys want Love to do your own podcast, let well. us know. And jump into your podcast and we'll subscribe and listen to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And other than that. Uncle RJ signing off with the hey, hey, hey. Y'all have a reject day.